And this is my child. That means more to me than anything in the world. And so that's why through everything, you know, everyone said she's not going to wake up. She's not, it's not going to happen. You know, I just held on to my faith and I just stood my ground, which I think no matter what the outcome comes, whether you get what you want or you get what you don't, I think the thing is we got to realize is that we still have to have faith in whatever you believe in. You still have to have faith in that source and, and mine is obviously God. And don't be shaken by what anyone else tells you or by what your eyes physically see. Hello and welcome to Grief, Gratitude, and the Gray in Between podcast. This podcast is about exploring the grief that occurs at different times in our lives in which we have had major changes and transitions that literally shake us to the core and make us experience grief. I created this podcast for people to feel a little less hopeless and alone in their own grief process as they hear the stories of others who have had similar journeys. I'm Kendra Rinaldi, your host. Now, let's dive right into today's episode. Welcome to today's episode. Today we have a new friend of mine, Glory. Glory and I have not ever met, but I had seen so many different posts of other people that I follow on Instagram sharing her story. And um, we happen to be partnered with the same health and wellness company. So I actually did get to see her on stage, <laughs> but I didn't <laughs> get to actually meet you, Glory. But there was something about your story and just your presence and your journey that just kept kept kind of calling me. And that's why I reached out and I was just so grateful that you accepted to come on and share a little bit of your journey through this grief story that will be a tough one to talk about, but we will be giving lots of tools for people as they're listening as to how you have kept going in your day to day. So welcome, Glory. <laughs> Thank you for having me on. I'm so glad you're here. So Glory, um, a little bit about you. You're a mom of three. Uh, you live, you, what would tell us a little bit about your, yourself, your story, your, yeah, you Glory. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, my name's Glory. I'm from central California. So Clovis, mm -hmm. California, We're, we like to call ourselves the heart of California. Um, oh, born and raised, born and raised. Yeah. Um, and I've been married, it's going to be 10 years in September, September 12th. Oh, yeah. Um, and I loved it. <laughs> Glory shared her little love story with me in our pre-interview. We got to talk before that. And it was just so cute because what's the other, you you share the same name as your mother-in-law, right? Is that correct? correct. Is that how yeah, it was? Correct. Mm -hmm. Yeah, <laughs> But correct. just in a different yeah. language. There's Glory, she's Gloria, Right. Correct. Yeah. So she, her, she has a Spanish that. version <laughs> of yours. So awesome. Yeah. So I've been married. I will be uh, September 12th for 10 years and I got married really young. A lot of people are like, oh my gosh, you got married so young. Um, I got married when I was 20, almost 21. Um, and then I had uh, my first daughter, Presley, right before I turned, what was it? See, let's see. Yeah. 
she's 2011, so right before I turned 21, actually. So she she was a um, honeymoon baby. <laughs> too too many too many uh, margaritas in Mexico. <laughs> so um, yeah, she was a little bundle of surprise. And then I had uh, my second born, Cassidy, um, two years later. And then I also have my son Zane, and um, I just had him. Oh gosh, he's four now, so um, he's my newest addition to our family. Just, you so. little, the little one, the little, the little bundle of joy. And yes. so you are an entrepreneur. Uh, you're an entrepreneur. You have your own online health and wellness company. What other things do you do, and what other things are you passionate about? Um, so that's, you know, that's, what's really interesting, um, about the business, the health and wellness business that we're in. Um, I wasn't necessarily looking for it. Um, I was at a point in my life where, you know, I became such a young mom and my husband owns his own, um, painting contracting business that it was one of those decisions where it's like, okay, I can't finish school because I need to be at home with our baby because it's more financially stable for me to stay at home. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that was kind of, you know, a big sacrifice where I was just like, okay, so I'm, I'm going to do this. I'm going to be a stay at home mom. Um, and then I had, you know, Cassidy. And so um, I've been in sales my whole life. Um, I've, I've worked at, you know, many retail stores. I used to sell Mercedes Benz for a couple years um, <laughs> so, you know, I just, do you drive one? Do you drive one now? I did drive one, but I had, once I had Cassidy, then we got, uh, we had to get an SUV. So I made, uh, so yeah, you needed I, I had to more switch room. her in. Yeah, <laughs> I had to switch her in. Mom vehicle. To, oh, SUV. You didn't get a minivan. You didn't yeah. get the minivan. You, you went know, to an SUV. <laughs> I couldn't do it. I was just like, you know what? I thought I could drive a minivan, but I can't do it. It has to be an SUV. <laughs> It's so funny because I'm one of those at the same. I could do an SUV, but for some reason I could not. Just I just bring couldn't do it. I don't know. I but like, my sister had one and she loved it and it was so convenient and so roomy. Now they, they changed, but um, I could see when I would write it, how convenient it was. Oh, totally. To I and mean, the doors that... closing by themselves, you know, when you're like, your hands are full with gro- groceries and everything. I'm like, <laughs> so convenient. I think it's more like, I don't think my husband would have liked to be driving the minivan if we weren't in it. That's the, that's really yeah. the reason. <laughs> like, exactly. Yeah. Okay. yeah. So then so, you, you're in sales all your life. Yeah, Sorry. So I, I always sales. go in these tangents. No, it's totally fine. Yeah. No, I was in sales my whole life. Um, my dad is, um, so, um, my dad is like a huge salesman. Like he does sales trains across the world, like Canada, Australia. Um, he's very, very talented. He's been doing it for over 40 years. And so he always kind of instilled that in me. Um, you know, like the customer service and how to talk to people and what to say and, and pretty much just treat people how you want to be treated, you know? Um, and so that was just always instilled in me. And so, um, I had Zane and I was just kind of in a point in my life where I'm like, do I go back to school? Like, you know, because my, you know, I feel like I need something like my, you know, Mm -hmm. I feel like when I think you and me were talking about this, when you, when you have a baby, um, almost like not necessarily a part of you dies, but it kind of does because then there's a grief component. Yeah. You come into an identity component. mm -hmm, Mm -hmm. Exactly. And so you come into a new version of yourself where, you know, you can't always do what you want to do and you have to make sacrifices day in and day out 
put your children first because they're obviously your priority. And so, you know, being such a young mom, I mean, you know, watching my friends, you know, when I'm 21, they're all going out and having, you know, cocktail hours and doing everything they want to do. And then me, I'm like, I have to plan it because I can't just, you know, go out with you girls, you know, or I can't, you know, just, I can't go to, you know, do regular things like everybody else. Not that I'm saying it's a, it's a bad thing, but it was a little rough on me. It was just different. Yeah, Yeah, it it was was just different. different. And you were coming of age. So you were coming to that age in which the thing like as, yeah, as everybody else was kind of entering into this adulthood age of like just the partying and stuff, you were coming into adulthood age of married and now with a child at that 21 yeah. years of age. So it was really different paths than your friend. Oh, different completely. Paths yeah, completely. Because yeah. my, my girlfriends just, you know, I just turned 30. So my girlfriends are just getting married. You know, um, some of them have, you know, a baby. Some are on their second baby and I'm already like ahead of the game, you know? So I'm like, I've already done all that, you know? So um, it's kind of funny because now all my girlfriends look at me like a mama hen. They're like, oh, she knows, you know, Glory knows, <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> you let's, know? Let's call her for advice. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The veteran at the game of motherhood. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, you know, it was, it was definitely... Um, how did I put it? It was definitely a struggle because it was try- I was still trying to find something that fulfilled me, not necessarily, um, you know, I was, I was good with my husband and then, you know, obviously my kids, but who glory is like what fulfills glory? Mm-hmm. Cause at the end of the day, you know, yes, you're a wife. Yes. You're a mom, but who is glory? Like you started out, you know, as one vessel, right? And so that is something that I struggled with for years, just figuring out, am I going to go back to school and get this big career? Um, You know, so that way I could say, hey, you know, I finished school. So what am I going to do? And so um, Isagenics came into my life um, in 2018. I believe it was June 2018, late June. um, Through social media, out of all things, through through Instagram. (laughs) And at the time, I was just like, you know, really into fitness. And I was just like, you know what? Like, I'm a mom, but I want to be a hot mom. (laughs) I want to be fit and I want to look good. I want to feel comfortable in my skin. And, you know, um, so I was working out all the time and I'd post my workout regimens just just to show people what I was doing in my everyday life. And um, somebody from L.A. reached out to me and was like, oh my gosh, you would be perfect for my company. And I was just like, <laughs> what is it? <laughs> you know, because the first thing you think is like, what do you want me to buy? You know? Yes, and yes. so um, it it felt different though. I don't know how to explain it, but like I just felt like this, almost like a tug, like on my heart, mm-hmm. like, okay, like listen to what this person has to say. So um, he's a personal trainer um, in Santa Monica, California. He also knows uh, Medea. He enrolled Medea, which mutual friend of ours. Um, yeah. And so, yeah. So he, you know, I got on the phone with him and I heard him out and I was just like, you know, I don't necessarily need like this amazing weight loss transformation. I said, because I've been working out. Um, and I said, but you know what? My husband has been struggling with his health because at the time my husband was, you know, overweight, tired, 
nutrition completely depleted and we tried like everything. And, um, I was just like, okay, you know, it's 30 net, 30 day money back guarantee. Like just try it. Like if you don't like it, we'll, mm-hmm. we'll get your money back. It's pretty much risk-free. So he did it. And in his first month, he lost like 21 pounds and then it just yeah. kept going. And then I know. And these guys, by the way, disclaimer, this is like a yes. disclaimer. Oh, here, yes, so if we're totally. talking about our industry. Just, yeah. Everybody's results are different. It's nutrition. Totally you, different. You know, yes. Your body is the one that, yeah, everybody's, that's yes. not, that was not my, that was not my uh, end result in uh, 30 days, but everybody's results are different based on what their body oh, needs. So yeah, just, just a little disclaimer. We're just, just to make sure. Yeah, so then he had an amazing I'm not trying result. to sell anything. <laughs> no, 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 no. I know, but no, but it's good just to say, just to say, because since yes. we mentioned the name of the company, we want to make yes. sure we're compliant. So, okay. um, so he had an amazing, uh, an amazing, amazing product experience. Yeah. And then, he and then were like, you using the products for energy or anything so this is like that cool. too? Like, so you know, I was thinking like, you know, this is just, you know, one type market thing. And, you know, my husband was like, Glory, if you do this with me, it would just, you know, encourage me more. And it's, it's mm-hmm. easier when partners do things together and just, just try it. The accountability. Like, yeah. All right. So I started taking the products, <laughs> not necessarily adjusting my diet, but mm-hmm. I noticed that my energy levels were like, like through the roof. Like I was able to keep up with my children. I wasn't like wanting a nap in the middle of the day. I wasn't going for the coffee pot midday. And I started leaning out and losing weight in areas that I never thought I was going to lose weight again after having kids. And I was just like, okay, this is good stuff. <laughs> and so yeah. um, I'm like, no, at what point, at what point did you discover the the community that was part oh, of it? Because this, the, yeah. the reason we're talking about our health and wellness company too, guys. Because yeah. as I mentioned, that's how I found out about Glory was through this. So this is a big part because that aspect of community ha- is is and is still a huge part of this journey of her grief story that we'll touch into in a little bit. So when did you find out? that there was, yeah, this community. So you find out about the products, then you find that you find amazing, you feel amazing. So step into that part. Yes. Okay. So um, I didn't really get into the community. I just, I really just thought it was like products, right? Um, Mm -hmm. And so Emily Varvra, which I'm sure you know her, (laughs) she's pretty, she's pretty amazing. She is a huge motivational speaker. Um, She's just epic. So she started reaching out to me on Instagram and she was just like, hey, like, you know, we have mutual friends and she was just like, you know, um, I need to get you to an event. And I'm just like, huh? Like, I was like, why? Like, what's the big deal? You know? So um, she just kept pursuing the relationship and, you know, we started messaging each other and then we got each other's number. And so finally she's like, well, um, I see that you're, you know, sharing, you know, isogenics with your friends and that's amazing, but I need to get you to an event. So, um, I wasn't, I didn't really know, you know, the business or what I was doing. I was just enjoying helping other people feel better. You know, you were doing what most people do every single day. They recommend a restaurant and then you have no clue how many friends ended up going to that restaurant and how many (laughs) friends of your friends ended up going to that restaurant because you told them to. Yeah. So that is all we do is we refer people to something we love. So something we could take away that, that mysticism, but you really had no clue. Really, I had no what you were clue doing. what like, I was oh. doing. I had no clue the history about isogenics, the history of the yeah. products, 
you know, I didn't know. So Medea, um, she finally got me to an event in April of, of, I think it was either April or May of 2019. Um, it was ICU, which is, you know, kind of like their university where they really show you the community and the business and the aspect. And so, um, you know, I went not knowing what to expect and I'm thinking it's going to be like a boring business conference and it was completely different. Um, so I go and I'm sitting front row and Delray, um, I'm, you know, I think you yeah, had her on a couple of weeks been, ago. Yes, we had her. Yes. yes. Uh-huh. She, it was one, I believe it was one of her first speaking events. And so she goes up and I'm just like, okay, what is, what is she going to talk about? And she's talking about, you know, how her struggles in life and things she's had to overcome to get to where she is now. And it just resonated so much with me. And I remember I was just bawling my eyes out in the front row. <laughs> and I'm looking around and I'm like, okay, like I'm crying. Hopefully no one thinks I'm weird. But like she just nope, everybody spoke. else is crying probably too. Yeah, You're no, probably totally. not the only one. She yeah. <laughs> just spoke so deeply like into my soul. And I could just like relate with her so much. And you know, then Emily gets on stage and she just like blows down the house and I am like completely in chills and I'm crying because just the like how do you say it the um you could just feel their um energy and like so and there's a soul aspect in in, yes. in what we do there's a real true soul and and it's a connection that yeah it's just it's a connection you feel with people because everybody uh, uh, let me just say, I can't say everybody because I don't know everybody, but mm-hmm. everybody I've at least met in, in our company is people with really high integrity. And oh, just like in yes. any other industry, I'm sure that there's people that maybe don't, but people that are drawn to our company are people with amazing integrity. I, and just with yeah, soul. I would just say it's just, it's, yeah. it's people that are wanting real, genuine life connections. Mm-hmm. And yes. you could just feel these incredible women their passion for serving people, you know, it's like, yes, you know, they're getting you on a product, but it's not just about the product. It's like, they want to serve you and see you become the best version of yourself. And so that is about empowering, empowering. And like Emily says, like, if you're becoming 1% better every day, just 1%, then you're in the right direction. Um, and yeah, I mean, so that's just the type of things that they, they just poured into me that weekend. And, you know, I got to meet, uh, Jim, Jim and Kathy Cooper, just walking around the hotel. I had no, I I had no idea they were the owners of a billion dollar company. I'm just like, Oh, Hey, what's up? Like, you know, I saw your photo on the magazine, you know, (laughs) no idea, no idea. Which is better. It's actually better when you don't know who you're meeting exactly, because then you actually act like a person. You don't act like you (laughs) So that's what's funny is because everyone's like, oh my gosh, you met the owners and oh my gosh, you have your photo with this person and that person. I'm like, huh? Like I had no idea. You know what I mean? I'm like, oh, okay. You're like, I just met people. That's all I meant. Yeah. So now this, this aspect of community and again, like how I found out about you was through a post of Emily Vavra because she had posted something, I think of your daughter 
Cassidy, who's who we're going to talk about a little bit today, is not a little bit. That's really <laughs> the the main reason we are on this conversation on this podcast today. But um, sharing even just our compensation plan, you know, she's like what five, I think, yeah. in like a video or something, sharing our comp, you yeah. know, and it's just like showing the her her heart. So um, so Cassidy passed away, and it has it was October. It was October. Yeah. October. It was October fourteenth, okay. so on this Sunday it'll be forty-five weeks. Yeah, and this is something when I was talking to you in the pre-interview that struck me because I was talking to you and your husband Christian was sitting there too, mm-hmm. and how you guys said the weeks, and in that moment, I got and I'm I'm getting them again. Hold mm-hmm. on, I got to document my chills. I take a picture every single single time. I'm getting Aww. them again. Here they are. My I and I, I don't I don't yeah I just took them. It, when you guys said that, something in my soul just like, oh, because how you guys said the weeks just, and we talked about this similarity of mentioning the weeks and surpassing kind of like how we know how many weeks yeah. we're pregnant. And mm-hmm. that just struck me. I'm okay, my Even my legs now, goodness gracious, I should have shaved. I should have shaved because <laughs> now my legs are also all goosebumps. Um, and by the way, I, I enter these kind of little moments of sometimes lightheartedness in these conversations because talking about grief and and death is not something that is easy. No. So interjecting sometimes things of humor, uh, people listening and even for you, just, it just kind of brings us a little bit more at ease in moments like this that are hard to talk. So, um, so yeah, so that, that, that just like resonated so much with me and it moved me when I heard you guys mention the number of weeks that had been since she had passed away. And, um, so she was five years old when she, um, when she died. Yeah. She was, uh, she was five and a half. She was, I mean, her birthday was this past June. So she's, um, June 14, 14 is when she, she would have been six. Yeah. She would have she been, been six, six this, yeah. this summer. Mm-hmm. Um, so we, we can, we were probably going to talk more a little bit about all the little things that happened that people showed also grace and, and, um, and a lot of compassion in your process. And there was some, there were some differences a little bit of when we talked before of how there were aspects that were not showing too much compassion in this whole process too. Um, so yeah. So do you want to talk a little bit about when you heard the news, uh, you were, and we don't, we don't have to say the name of the cruise line, but you were, (laughs) you were, uh, on a cruise when you, you, you and your husband were on a cruise ship about to get on a cruise ship when you got the news that she was in the hospital and tell, go from that point of what happened with uh yeah i i is just because it just uh mind-boggling so go ahead i'll so take we'll just, it off take we'll over glory whatever you want to start bit. so that was yes in go April, ahead fast forward and during that time mm-hmm. i really started diving into the business and i love the thing about children is they really do watch everything you do mm-hmm. um but out of all my children cassidy was the most hands on with everything i did like she would watch videos with me she would learn about nutrition with me And so we went, you know, we went to another event, which was celebration that was in August. And I was just, you know, flying high right there on life. Um, Mm -hmm. And we came back and, and uh, I remember we took the kids to, um, uh, is it 
Moral Bay? Moral Bay. Yeah, we took him to the beach and then we took him to the aquarium and then school is about to start. So she just started kindergarten. Um, and then uh, we were doing so amazing with Isogenics. We were having events and Emily, you know, hosted an event for us. And it was just, our team was just on fire. And um, during that time, I'll just say this now, like Emily mm-hmm. and Cassidy, Oh, I'm probably gonna cry. I'm sorry. It's okay. They um, the they really the bonded. Mm-hmm. Oh, it was like, it was like um, like a little version of Emily. Like really, truly, <laughs> like a little version. Um, they were like two peas in a pod. Like she, it's so cute because I've had friends that have been in Cassie's life since she, you know she was little, and one of my friends, her name's Jen. And she uh, she told Emily the story at, at uh, Cassidy's funeral. And she said, you know, she's like, I was her favorite auntie. And one day I said, Cassidy, who is your favorite auntie? And she's like, Emily is. And she's like, you've only known her for like four months. And she's your favorite. And she's just like, I'm sorry, but she is. And it's funny because, you know, they're just children are so honest you know, and yeah, so, um, yeah. just watching Emily and, and Cassie together in their relationship, it was just so cute, you know, like, they were just, I mean, they're both born mm-hmm. in the same month, so they're both, I don't know if you believe they're they're both kindred spirits, yeah, um, yes, kindred spirits, exactly, I mean, they both love girly yeah. stuff, yeah. makeup, everything, she used to um, have Emily, she'd be like, can I have some of your lip gloss, <laughs> and Emily would give her some, she's like, no, more, <laughs> more more and she'd be like girl if I put any more your face is gonna be dripping with lip gloss <laughs> you know um but they are so much alike so so all that was happening you know leading up to to this event right and so mm-hmm. our anniversary um like I was saying September 12th my husband um with his cousins because his cousins are super cool they do isogenics with us so kind of fun um and so we all planned a cruise to Mexico and so um gosh I I I remember that morning because I know he got up early with her and he was cuddling her and you know I'm stressed out because his cousin showed up early and I'm like ah we gotta go so we're throwing stuff and I, I just remember Cassidy crying and she's just like I really really don't want you guys to go and I remember he like kissed her and I kissed her and I was just like you know we always come back you know like um we won't be gone long because it was just a short turnaround cruise and um you know we left and on the way up we have cameras um and we were watching her and you know and her brother on the cameras and it was so cute Mm. um you know and so anyway so we're, we're on the cruise we probably are like an hour maybe two hours out to see and my my phone rings and it's it's a lady that you know has been with us for about five years um she called and but it wasn't her it was a it was Clovis um police department and they say you know there's been an incident in your home and I instantly just like gulped like I was like wait what and she was like you know, your daughter drowned in a bathtub. And I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> and there's no pulse. And 
I just remember like dropping to my knees and I threw the phone at Christian and I just, I, I felt like, um, like I couldn't breathe and he grabs the phone and she says, well, we don't, we don't really know what happened. We just know that, you know, she was, you know, she drowned in the bathtub. We have no pulse right now. They're working on her. They're trying to revive her. And I'm just thinking in my mind, like, how could this like happen? Like what, you know? And we just left, we just left your home. We just you left our home. We yeah. weren't even gone like four, maybe five hours, if that. Mm-hmm. And so I instantly am like, I got to get off this boat. I got to get off this boat. I got to get off this boat. I need to be with my baby. And so we go down, you know, we, we dial like the 911 emergency number or whatever. And they're like, well, you need to go down to, to customer service. I'm like, customer service. <laughs> Mm-hmm. So I'm in, you know, the grand hall room on, on this cruise ship, crying my eyes out, begging for pretty much mercy to get off this boat. And they were just like, here, we'll give you free phone service so you can make calls off, off the boat. And I'm oh, like, that, that was nice. That was nice. I will I'm saying it sarcastically. I, will, I mean, I'm kind of saying it sarcastically, by the way, after like, the poor yeah, guy, like, literally, I remember him, like, he was crying. He's like, This is like, here, just yeah. take this. Like, just use. Yeah. I'm trying. That like, was, I said, Please let me talk to the captain. Please let me talk to the person underneath the captain. Please let me talk to somebody in charge. And they were like, No, unless it's like you're bleeding out or an accident or we're, we can't do anything for you. We can't get the Coast Guard out here. All this, all this crap. Mm. And I just looked at Christian and I was like, I'm jumping off the boat. And he was like, no, you're not. And I'm like, if I jump off this boat, guess what they're going to do? Call the Coast Guard. They're going to come save me. Then we're, that's when you'll be able to get Yeah, exactly. that's when you're able to get and to I where was, you need to get was, to And then he was moment. just like, yeah. no, you need to like, you, I need you. I can't lose you, you know? Um, and so... How long was that? Do you remember? I know time is very, is, this is what I've noticed anytime I interview people and I ask how long, how long was it? And time is so, and even for myself, when I've so, experienced moments of grief, that things seemed like forever and maybe it was only 15 minutes. So how long did it take for somebody to listen to you? Oh, it was like 30 minutes for sure. Oh, and yeah. I don't mean, no, I don't mean that like, in a bad way. I just mean that like people yeah. on the cruise ship were coming up to me yeah. and saying, help this woman. Like if yeah. other people are noticing and they're like disturbed yes. by like what's going on, it's like, come mm-hmm. on, you have me in a hallway, you know, I mean, not a hallway, a grand hallway where everyone's at crying mm-hmm. my eyes out, you know? Um, so f- I called my dad. So once I got the phone, cause my phone wasn't working anymore, which I feel like was the grace of God that my phone even rang because mm-hmm. no one had satellite service except for my phone, which is crazy. Mm-hmm. And, um, so I got a hold of my dad and I said, I need you to, to be me. I need you to go make the decisions on my behalf. Cause I know that you can get it done. Like mentally, my dad just like my dad, if something goes bad, I call my dad. Cause he's my dad's, a, he's, he's, a, he's very mm-hmm. good at staying level headed in like extreme situations. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. my dad calls me and he's like, they got a pulse. They worked on her. They got her, they got her, you know, they got her heart going but we didn't really know how bad it was we had no idea because no one was telling us anything and so um we're just tossing and turning because the cruise ship's like well we'll let you off in the morning 
at Catalina Island, which is like a little island off of LA. We'll we'll let you out in the morning, you know, with everybody else. And I'm just like, this is ridiculous. Like you drop the anchor at five in the morning and you can't take a little boat out for us to get us off first. Like it was Mm -hmm. ridiculous. So the whole night we're up. Christian's sick to his stomach. That's my husband. (laughs) He's sick to his stomach. I'm like literally having anxiety attack. And then the only thing that kept me like peace was like, um, like podcasts, like sermons. And so I just put in my earbuds and I was just listening to sermons. And I was like, I remember I had like my arm, I was like holding myself, like arms around me, holding myself, like hugging myself and just like, okay, I'm going to be okay. I'm going to be okay. And my husband, you know, he was stressing out because he was like, okay, we're going to get to Catalina. Then we got to get a boat back to LA. And so we were all stressing out. We're like, by the time we get there, it's going to be the next day, you know? And so it would have been like two days after yeah. like at that moment, it'd be so, two days after you got the call. Exactly. Yeah. So we started praying and his, you know, he's like, I need to call my friend, Justin, who's a pilot. I was like, do it. So he kept calling and calling and calling. He wasn't answering. So finally he said, he told us that he felt in the pit of his stomach, something say like, go pick up the phone. And so mm-hmm. he picked up the phone and it was Christian and he told him and he's like, I'm going to call the owners of my pilot company that he, you know, he flies their jets and say, Hey, this is a situation. Can you help me help this family? So five minutes he calls back and he's like, my boss gave it a go. Like I will come and pick you guys up first thing in the morning on Catalina Island and be ready, you know? And so that was that I still call him my, my Superman. I'm like, you're like a hero always in my eyes. For doing yeah, and that. this is a small, this is a small business. This is Correct. a small business, a friend, a small business that took the time to do that. And so here's those contrasting components, right? That mm-hmm. kind of happen in this mo- in it's really hard moment, a moment of kind of being like, okay, we'll go to customer service type yeah, of thing. So it was and, kind of like uh, here's free, free, free cell phone, free calls. Yeah. Which okay, that was but contrasting to but somebody just jumping on an airplane. It's here's a small business and they normally charge like $5,000 for a trip like that. Mm -hmm. And then you have, you know, a probably a billion dollar company, right? I don't even mind saying it. They already know. Carnival. (laughs) Like I don't even mind saying it. So, you know what I'm saying? Like you have a billion dollar company, right? And it's like, you would think that they'd be like, yeah, we could, we could lose some money and go back. We could afford to go back to to be decent to these people that literally had the worst call of their life and the worst situation that could possibly happen to a person. You know, it's like literally stranded out at sea is literally what happened to us. And then you have a small company that's like, no, let's do the right thing and let's go and get this family. And we were thinking that we were going to get charged and they sent us a bill, but they waived all of it. And mm. it says it in the thing. And the other... On the other, on the flip side, you had to pay to get off the boat, oh, boat yes. when you did, which you were able to get that, that settled. You know, I think like going aside from the fact that it's a company, I think it just in general, I think it has to do with the fact that so many different people have to be reached in a bigger company sometimes yeah. like, oh, talk to this person. And then that person yeah. has to talk to their person and that 
while in a smaller company, you have like authority to just decide right away. Right. So yeah. it's kind of that, that aspect of, and it could have been any other, you know, uh, may, you know, maybe any other cruise line, you know, that would have yeah. maybe same thing. We don't know. Yeah. We don't know. This is just the, this particular experience, but that aspect of how many people you have to reach in order to get something oh, done. Yeah. Uh, right. It's, yeah. That's, um, that's the like little bit of that stunk, contrast. Like it not stunk, but like stink is, it was like, they wouldn't even let us go above customer service. Like they were like, Nope, Nope, mm-hmm. Nope. You're not important. Like, you know, and I think that was kind of where I was just like, okay, where's the human compassion here? Like, you know, I, I get it. But if you were in my shoes and I asked them this, if you were in my shoes, what would you do? And they're like, we can't do anything. I was just like, okay. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. like I tried yeah. to like get a little empathy from them. So the next yeah. morning, right before we get off, they're like, oh, no, 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 no. You have to pay 800 and she has to pay 800 to 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 literally get off the cruise. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, what? And they're like, oh, yeah, it's a it's a it's a debarking uh, fee. fee. I'm like, are you kidding me right now? <laughs> you know? this, this information is important, by the way. This is information is. is super important because people need to know that if you really are stranded in sea, these are the kind of hoops you have to jump through to Just be to able mm-hmm. to get off. So yeah. if in case of emergency, you need to get off, these would be the kind of steps you'd have to do. So this yeah. is this so is valuable always have information. extra Isn't money yes. or a credit card because yes. thank God we had a credit card that had money on it or they wouldn't have mm-hmm. let us off which is right. mind blowing to me. So yeah. we paid well, that. We have this emergency to go to, you know, you yourself were not bleeding, but you know, you yeah. had an emergency to attend. Yeah. So you, you get, you get Catalina, you get flown, you get home and yeah, then so uh, that you get to the story. hospital. We literally get off the boat. We had to drive 45 minutes up to the toppest mountain on Catalina. And then he, it was so scary. I kid you not. It was probably like a mile long strip and you literally fly off the mountain. Oh my gosh. Don't recommend <laughs> it's it. Like the, so Don't it's kind of like doing it. the, um, what is it called? Gliding? The yeah. Air, like oh when yeah. You gl- kind of like that? Mm-hmm. Is that how it felt? It's literally like you're flying <laughs> off a mountain in the middle. Of yes. Yeah. Yeah. Like gli- but the airplane. But yes. On the airplane. <laughs> yes. So I was like, oh my gosh. I remember I was just praying. I was like, God, please don't kill me. <laughs> like, you know, because it was just a little oh sketchy. I'm not going to lie. It was a little yeah. sketchy. Yeah, yeah. So um, we made it home and, you know, uh, my dad's best friend, Tim, um, he's like my second dad. I love him. Picks us up, drives us, you know, he's driving us to the hospital. And uh, finally, because the doctors have been like wanting to talk to us, but they kind of knew where we were, but they were just frustrated because they wanted to make, um, you know, they wanted to make moves and they couldn't do it without our consent. Mm. And so we got there. And, uh, I remember him, you know, I need to talk to you guys, Dr. Vargas. I love him so much. And he pulls up her brain scans and he's like, what do you see? And I said, well, I don't see anything. And he said, you know, unfortunately, um, she was left too long without oxygen and too long underneath the water, um, that there's, there's no life there. And I remember just crying and I pushed away the screen and I was like, nope. And he's like, no, we should, we should just, we should just call it today. And I was like, absolutely not. And, um, I said, um, I'm not doing that. I said, I'm not, 
And he's like, okay, well, we can wait for the swelling to go down and, 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 and then we'll check again, you know, in 48 hours. He said, okay. And so, um, um, I just remember just thinking like, this can't be my life right now. This can't be me. You know, um, you, you hear of people going through crazy stories yeah. like this, surreal. but you it's never surreal. think it would yeah. be you. Yeah. You never think that's going to be this me. Is, right. And this is the, the thing for any parent listening. I mean, the f- fact that it was something that our child, our children do every single day, which is mm-hmm. take a bath or take a shower. Correct. It was something in as simple as a bath. Yeah. Um, that this incident happened and it's the things that just, just don't, you know, like we just don't think that, you know, that it could happen. So, uh, everything right now is just surreal in this moment for you as you were hearing this news, it was still, yeah. And, you know, I didn't, I didn't know, like, I didn't know what exactly happened because at that time Mm -hmm. I could only, I can only process so much, you know, your, your, your body. And in that moment, really? yeah. Yeah goes into you like, you can't a really even go into that. And you, you know, you almost can only take so much information at a time process so much. I feel like if you process all of it, you would just almost like crash, right. And yes. so, yes, you know, it's I just remember mechanism. thinking, how could this happen? You know, this is the woman watching our children and mind you, our parents aren't really hands on like grandparents, um, Christian's parents, watch them when they can but they're older they're like in their 70s and so they can't watch them as much as like say like you know a mid-20s nanny right and so Mm -hmm. this woman you know was like family to us like our kids loved her so much and she you know was with them since they were like babies and I just couldn't understand how this could happen you know um And so I didn't, you know, as time progressed, you know, I believe in God and I just kept praying for a miracle up until like the very last minute. I never let my faith be shaken, Um, Mm. you know, and I just held on to like, okay, God, I believe you're the God of miracles because I've, I've personally, I've seen miracles in my life. Um, You know, as a child, when I, I, I'll just tell you, this is a true story. As a child, when I was six years old, my mom ran over, like, my dog that I had since I was, like, two. Oh. And in a in a trailblazer, which is, like, um, like a, like an SUV, and she didn't mean to do it, but she, she did. And she, not one wheel, but two wheels, ran her over because she didn't see her. And I remember getting in the car, and I, I ran, and I saw her laying there, and I started crying. And my dad just said, okay, Glory, what do you do? And I'm like, okay, I'm going to start praying. So I remember I, like, put my hands on this dog. I started praying. I'm like, God, this dog means so much to me. Please save my dog. And we took the dog to the vet. And I remember praying. I'm like, God, please don't let her have, like, one broken bone. Like, And she wasn't moving, like, barely breathing, right? And so we take her to the emergency vet and she was a uh, Shelton or she was a Collie, a miniature Collie. Super cute. Mm -hmm. Keisha was her name. And the vet said, you know, um, pulled my parents aside and they said, hey, you know, you you need to embrace her because this dog's probably not going to make it. And um, 
And so about four in the morning, the phone starts ringing, you know, the old school phones where it's like, ring, ring, wakes up the whole household. <laughs> I was you know? Wait, it's still old school for you? And you're like 14 years well, younger than I am and it's like, still old school? Now what's the landline? I'm like, oh my gosh. Okay. So, okay. So at least I don't feel too old. The fact that I'm talking to somebody that knows what the bring, bring yeah, is. Yeah. So it wakes like. up the whole household. And it's the, it's the vet. And she said, I don't understand what is going on? She's like, I have four sets of x-rays and your dog doesn't have one broken bone. And she's like, and she's walking and she's breathing and it's like nothing happened to her. And I knew that like God saved my dog. Like I, there's no Mm -hmm. way I physically saw, I physically saw her got ran over. There's no way a dog would survive that and not have one broken bone. So I literally, to this day, still have the x-rays because the people are like, yeah, whatever. I'm like, no, I have physical proof, <laughs> you know? And so <laughs> I just remember, like, in my mind during that time with Cassidy in the hospital, I was just like, okay, God, like, that that was a dog that meant the world to me. And this is my child that means more to me than anything in the world. And so that's why through everything, you know, everyone said she's not going to wake up. She's not, it's not going to happen. You know, I just held on to my faith and I just stood my ground, which I think, you know, um, no matter what the outcome comes, whether you get what you want or you get what you don't, I think the thing is we got to realize is that we still have to have faith in whatever you believe in. You still have to have faith in that source and, and mine is obviously gone. And, and don't be shaken by what anyone else tells you or by what your eyes physically see. Right. And so that, that to me was just something that my faith grew so much in that time in the hospital, the two weeks I was able to spend with her, which I'm so gracious for, because I was able to, to sing to her and hold her. My husband was able to sleep with her every night. And we, we got that time with her that most Mm -hmm. parents don't get you know, or um, if you lose a, you know, loved one in an accident or whatever, it's instant. You don't get that, you know? And so we got that time in the hospital with her, even though she was sleeping, we still, you know, we got that. And so, um, what a blessing. And that's the thing it's got, got, those are little mercies. And even though, you know, it was different than what you would have wanted. It still was feeling God's love in some way because you got that those two weeks with her. I think the other thing too is, you know, kind of what we're, how you heard about my story, right? So Mm -hmm. I remember um, Emily, you know, she was in Chicago with her best friend, Holly DeMont. And I I didn't want to ruin her vacation, but I, I called her and I had to tell her. I said, look, this is what's going on, um, and I don't know if you can be here or not, but this is what's going on, and so um, she started pr- asking for prayer for her, and the next day she calls me. She's like, I'm coming. She's like, I have to be with, with baby girl, and so she stayed. And this is somebody you had known only for a period since April. Yeah. You had only- Six prep- months. I mean, physically. Less, yeah. 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 Physically. And so she, mm-hmm. she came and, um, and Hayden too. I don't know if you know Hayden Barbara. He came too. Yes. And they brought me food and they, you know, helped feed my dogs and checked on my kids. And they were just like, whatever you need, like we're here, you know? Um, and, and, uh, 
then um, corporate isogenics. And this is just, I love our company because even though it's a billion dollar company, it's family owned. And so this just shows the morals and, and, and the integrity of our company. They, they heard about um, what happened. And through DoorDash, they were sending me food and flowers and chocolates and, and like handwritten notes just saying how much they love us and that they're praying for us and um that meant so much to me because I'm like you know they don't have to do that but that they cared they cared enough to send flowers and they cared enough to send chocolate and food and just to make sure that like that we were you know okay and taking care of ourselves you know um and then just the isogenics community like I had people from England and Australia and Canada and in all these other countries that Isogenics is in reaching out to me with these powerful like prayers and uplifting messages. And I've never in my life have felt so much love and compassion that I tell people all the time that, you know, my heart in those moments was so broken, so broken. And during that time, everyone's love and compassion and prayers and, and just reaching out to me was like keeping my heart together. And, you know, it came down to the, the last test because the doctors, you know, they told me, look, there's nothing we can do. And I said, I said, I am not doing what you, you are asking me to do unless you do every single test. Because if you want me to be able to sleep at night and put my head on a pillow, I said, you have to do every test possible. And so they did every test possible and it came down to, you know, you either take her off life support on your terms or the state's going to come in and do it for you. And that's where there's a, there's a statue, right? Of, yeah. There's, there's a laws and of, regulations where yes, the law right. is in most states, except for New Jersey, it's a safety state. Um, that if they say that you're clinically brain dead, tw- not once, but twice, then mm-hmm. there's a time period that you get. And then if you go past that time period, then they come in and they pretty They're much the take your loved decision. one from you. Yeah, mm-hmm. they take all your rights away. They they kick you out with hospital security, you name it. Oh, it's wow. ugly. Yeah. And so um, I just figured, so sad. She was born... On June 14th, I figured she might as well leave on October 14th. And so uh, that's the day we decided to do it. And um, it was beautiful. We painted her nails. And one of my really good friends, um, baby sister, um, she's Catholic. And so she got this holy water from this beautiful chapel in France. Mm -hmm. And we bathed her in it. And... um, we pretty much prepped her and everything. We, we did her hair and all pretty the way she liked it. And uh, we put one of her favorite Minnie Mouse dresses on her. And <laughs> yeah, she loved oh. Minnie. Um, so beautiful. And coming so down to the moment, I didn't, I didn't know what to expect. I was mm-hmm. really, really scared because I'm like, I think I'm going to lose it. But I knew I, I didn't want to be alone. And so um, a lot of people don't know this, but Emily was in there and Hayden was in there and my mom and my dad and Christian's parents were in there. 
and the reason why I had like Emily and Hayden in there because even though I only knew them for such a short amount of time like that that is like my family and they're like my family for life um and they're and they were so bonded to Cassidy that you knew that it would be also important not only for her but even just for probably even Emily's own healing you know grief journey to to be in well, that, I mean, there she was like pray. I mean, I mean, these people yeah. were like praying with me day in and day mm-hmm. out, and and you know if I, you know, Emily and he would be like, okay, like go home, take a shower, just try to get some sleep, and they would watch Cassidy for me because I have anxiety about leaving her, and so they would they would watch her as I would you know go home and freshen up and try to try to take like a power nap just to kind of revive you know. Um, and so, um, leading up to that night, um, it was early. I was actually early in the morning. It was probably like four thirty in the morning when it, when when everything happened, because um, the hospital said the best time to do it is when no one's really there. So they're mm-hmm. staying around four thirty. Yeah, it's more quiet. It's more peaceful. Um, and so we're just playing, playing peaceful peaceful music. And um, you know, Christian got on the bed to hold her because he asked if he could, and um. And I was just holding her hand, and they were explaining what they were doing as they are turning the machines off and stuff. And um, I just remember praying, and everyone's praying. And I was telling you earlier the pre-interview, um, but I just mm-hmm. remember, like, so much peace coming over my body. And Can it- you please describe? Yes, because that was this, another thing that I could relate to so well yeah. when you shared with me. Can you please share how it was that it felt for you in that moment? Oh, um, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. it, um, so I just remember praying and in the Bible, it talks about a peace which passes all understanding, which means it doesn't make sense. Like you can't explain what you feel. And so the best I could explain it is that I felt so much warmth and so much love that it almost was like numbing to my body where I felt like I could roll up in a ball and go to sleep in that room, in that moment with everything going on. Like I just felt so much peace and I was calm and centered and I just remember like, wow, like, like I can breathe and I feel good. Like, what is this, you know? And that's why, you know, I knew where Cassidy went. I felt, it's almost like I felt them usher her in, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And I felt that presence there. And it was the best feeling I've ever experienced (laughs) in my life. And that's just the, it's just such a, because to put it in those words and to be able to feel it, it, uh, it just shifts everything right it just shifts everything and and you mentioned even in our conversation that now you're not afraid of I'm not afraid of death anymore which is so crazy because as a child like you watch movies and stuff right and then you see you know your grandparents pass away and you see people lose loved ones and you're like oh my gosh like the unknown is so scary and then it's like you don't know what to expect and it's like I remember my thing in the back of my mind, if someone asked me, what's your biggest fear? I would have said death 100%. But now I look at life so differently and I live my life so so differently now where it's like, 
you know what? Like if someone doesn't want to be my friend, I'm not losing sleep over it. Or you know what I mean? (laughs) Or if someone's like, you should live your life like this. I'm like, no, I'm going to live my life the way that I want to live my life. And I'm not necessarily like in an ignorant way, but I'm going to live my life to the fullest where I feel like what I'm doing with my life is fulfilling it's fulfilling and it's inspiring and it's full of passion and I have integrity and kindness and love. I love deeper and I forgive more and I just look at life so differently now. And it's almost like a, it's, it's a blessing, but then you know how they say it's like a blessing and a curse. Like it's, Mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's sweet and sour. Like um, the sour part is yes, I lost my beautiful daughter you know, but she's in another, she's in another life now, you know, a life that I know she's protected. I know that she's safe. I know that she's happy and I still get little messages from her. You feel her. Yeah. You know, her. I still feel her. And so it's like, I almost, you know, in certain situations feel her more now than I did when she was physically here. Um, yes, yes. It's just, it's just so, it's like everything you're saying. I'm here so moved because it is just, yeah. I can relate. It's like you just, you're like, wait, I don't even have to pick up a phone. I just yeah. can just completely, just completely connect exactly with, you know, with them. You know, for me, it's a them because it's more than one person in my life, but that I have to connect yeah. with spiritually. But, but that, oh, it's just so, can you share the little anecdote of the tattoo? Yes. Of okay. Your husband's so, tattoo. <laughs> another really cool thing someone told me is that when you lose a loved one that you're so close to, that is your direct line to heaven. And I thought that was mm. so beautiful because I'm like, oh my gosh, I have like a direct line to heaven and that's where all my loved ones are, you know, and that's where I believe God is. And that's like a direct line, which is so powerful, you know, um, but Cassidy, so when Presley was born, Christian got a tattoo of, of our firstborn, Presley's name there. And Cassidy was like, how oh, she got older, she's like, where's my name? Like, where's my name? You know, she's like, why is my name not there? And she would get so upset. So for her fifth birthday, Christian got her name tatted with a rose, which is her birth flower of June. And um the artist said you know you really should put like two hummingbirds on your chest you know one resembling you and one resembling your wife you know because you have your kids names there with the you know their birth flowers and it would just be beautiful so he did and um but the hummingbirds he did on his chest they specifically have red red breast um paint on their chest so they're a specific type of hummingbird and so um the day that she passed, and where I live, I live in the city, so hummingbirds are a little rare to see. Um, the day that she <laughs> passed, a hummingbird, we're out in the yard, you know, crying, thinking about her. A hummingbird just appeared and started, like, flying in the front yard and then just shot straight up into the sky and completely disappeared. And I was like, whoa. <laughs> you know, I was like, that was Cassidy. And little incidents like that still occur, um, you know, Disneyland was like our favorite place to go with her. Um, like she was all Minnie Mouse. That girl loved Minnie Mouse. Yeah, and yeah. well, you mentioned if you you'd put the you know Minnie Mouse dress yes, on her. Yes, yes. Uh-huh. So she loved Minnie Mouse, and I remember um, going to Disneyland, and I saw the mascot, and I think you and me were talking about you know healing moments for me, and yes. I 
I was nervous to go up to a mascot, you know, because it reminded me so much of her. And I remember in the park just bawling my eyes out on Minnie Mouse. You know, <laughs> she just reminded a mouse reminded me so much of my daughter. And the mascot lady was just like, I'm so sorry. You know, and she's not supposed to talk, but she did, which shows another thing, you know, compassion, <laughs> the, compassion. the compassion that people yes. have. And um, anyways, leaving the park, it was rainy. It was kind of gloomy. And this, I'm literally walking down like main street where there's people everywhere and a hummingbird flies straight across my face, like straight across my face into this garden. And I kind of followed it cause I caught my eye so much. I mean, it flew across my face <laughs> and it was a red breasted hummingbird. And so mm. it just kind of flew around and normally they don't come out in the rain or around crowds. And it just kind of hovered there for a little bit. And I started talking to it. And I, I remember saying, hi, Cassidy, you know, I love you. I miss you. And um, in that moment, then it just, uh, you know, went straight up to the sky and disappeared. But I yeah. still see it's, hummingbirds and um, it's beautiful. <laughs> it's beautiful because, uh, yeah, we were talking about these little signs and, and how signs can be whatever we want them to be, you know, and, and it's mm -hmm. for us that are in a mourning process, you know, grieving those those little signs mean so much because they're like little taps on the shoulder like that yes. we feel that are little yes. messages of our loved one letting us know they're okay and it just feels yeah. so comforting to have those moments and just helps our own you know grief and our um yeah, yeah. and our sadness in that moment to kind of shift it a little bit and to feel gratefulness and you know in oh, that moment. Yeah. so thank you 100%. so much for sharing that now, so some of the tools then yet yeah, you've used then in this journey that you're going to navigate forever because it will not mm -hmm. go away. This journey of grief have oh, been no. yeah. then the, the you know, com, you know, the friendships that you have, family, uh, your faith in God, that that aspect of faith. What other things do you do every day to just even get out of bed? What other things help you in your day to day or in, you know, to help you in this grieving process? Um, I guess I would definitely say having other, other children definitely helps 100% because, um, I want to show them that, you know, you know, circle of life, you know, you just never know. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's what I tell people all the time because they're, they're like, how do you still believe in God? How do you not hate God for that happening? And I'm like, no, 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 no. Like God doesn't want bad things to happen to his people. And I said, we live in a tainted world. So it's almost like you're walking on eggshells. You just never know, right? Mm -hmm. And um, you're never guaranteed tomorrow. You're just never not. And so, you know, with my children, I want them to to know that like, you know, don't live your life in fear, obviously, but live every day to your fullest and, and love more and be present in, you know, conversations and events. And, and, um, so every day when I wake up, I just, I, I have, um, I actually have a couple photos of her when I wake up next to my bedside, um, with my vision board and then, you know, my, my dreams and ambitions, because I just look at it as like, I'm going to get all these goals. I'm going to get all these visions, but I'll always make sure that she's with me through that. 
so that she can also experience that with me. And so every day I'm like, okay, like whose life am I going to touch today? Or how can I change someone's life? Or how can I, you know, reach out to somebody and let them know there's somebody there for you to talk to you. There's somebody there that loves you. Um, and that's just kind of what I do every day, you know? Um, and this company has, has changed my life. It truly has. And honestly, I could truly say if I did not have isogenics, I do not know where I would be right now because in my darkest moments, this company was there for me. People from all over the world were there for me and they really put my faith back in humanity. Um, and you know, when you first saw me back in January, um, yes, when you <laughs> on stage and that, on please stage. share what, what this, why this was so important. So after Cassidy passed away, like I was telling you, she was very hands-on in isogenics and they have this beautiful award, which people in the company vote for, you know, um, called the heart of isogenics. And she got nominated. Um, obviously I received it on her behalf, but her name was specifically nominated and the things that people I got to actually see some of them uh, headquarters emailed me some of the things that people wrote about me um, the things that people wrote about our family and just the love and the outpour was so beautiful um, that the lady that was tallying the votes told me that every day she'd like have to take a break because she would just lose it in front of her computer because she was like, it was so just reading all these messages. Yes, yeah, she was just like, everything's so moving. It was so beautiful. And um, I didn't know if we were going to win or not, <laughs> you know, but just mm -hmm. seeing Cassidy's videos and her pictures and everything that they put together, this beautiful little video for her to show in front of, I think there was like 4,000 people there, um, not including all the people that were watching online, online in mm -hmm. all the different countries, you know, just to show them her. Um, meant so much to me and then when I won um, to be able to thank the Coors for this opportunity and to be able to thank you know um, Cal he's in charge of the Pacific region where I'm at you know thank you for for loving me during this time and and really being our support um, and holding us up during this time um because it truly was isogenics um, more than anything that literally was holding our family up. Um, and this is, this is not even, we're not even talking about the financial component. No, people. I'm like, talking about the this community. This is all about the emotional. Yes. Yeah. Just because it, that is just, there's no words to that. Like money can't buy. No, exactly. <laughs> money cannot of, buy the community buy that. that we no, have. No, and that no. is, that is why people stay is Yes, the yes. products are awesome. They're cool. They're great. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yes, but yes, yes. the we know that, people, but... you cannot put a price on that. I mean, I have friends in like England. I have friends in Australia that aren't even like financially connected to me, but they're like my people, you know? Mm -hmm. And even like Del Rey, and I just made a really great new friend, Casey Tom. I don't know if you've heard of her, but these yeah, women <laughs> inspire me and uplift me. And they know when I'm in a funk because grief, you mm. have your waves, you know, and I don't oh, mean necessarily yeah. waves, but there's some days where you just feel like you're in a funk and certain women in the isogenics community will be like, Glory, I feel your spirit. What's going on? Mm -hmm. I'm checking in on you. 
And that to me means everything because it's like they're all over the world, but they're, they're like connected to me on like a soul level, which is so, so, so beautiful. And so oh, this is that award. So good. Yeah, that means so much. Yeah. <laughs> so that, much. And I, that's what I, and I was bawling because I had seen when Emily posted when Cassidy had passed away and that it had just moved me. And I actually reached, I was one of those people that I'm like, I, she tagged I, in that moment, she tagged your husband and you. Yeah. And I, at that moment, I just, I ended up reaching out was messaging your husband and not you because I didn't even know what to say to you that personally. Oh, yeah. like, I didn't even know, like in that moment, you know, you're so bombarded. So I messaged on Instagram and I just said, you know, if you guys need any resources for anything, you know, just, uh, there's organizations, you know, for if you need support with the kids and stuff yeah. to be able to have that. So because it and um, and so if that was just me, reach, I can just imagine how bombarded you oh, guys were with messages even of though, comfort. And that's what I tell people, too. I'm like, we got so many messages, but they were all like received. You know, they were mm. they were they all went to healing our heart. And and that's um I remember they were interviewing me after I won the award and I said, look, I know you get a box of products, but it's what you don't get in that box. Mm -hmm. You can't, you can't price it. And I said, you can't even fit it in a box. And the lady's like crying (laughs) as I'm telling her this. And I'm just like, this company like is my life. Like this company is what keeps me going, you know? And I've met some people that I know will always be my lifelong friends. Um, And it's like, it's, it's like I was saying earlier, you know, sweet and sour. It's like, I lost my baby girl physically, but I've gained so many more family members. And I really call these people my family. I've gained so many more family members that even though we're not blood, no, they're my family. And they support me and they uplift me and they inspire me to be a better person. And, you know, they always tell me, you know, Cassidy's watching you. You know, everything you're doing, she sees everything and she's proud of her mommy. And these are the type of messages they send me. And it's just, it's so beautiful. It's so, so beautiful. It's that, that's been one of the biggest things for you then is just having that support that has really helped you. And also knowing that you have a way of helping somebody else, that you have a vehicle to help somebody else make their their life a little bit better yes. or th- those are the kind of things that keep you going yes. and so every it, day and then your children yeah. showing them and you cry in front of them you show them the emotions I show them yeah too, I show them through. and they say yes. mommy Mrs. Cassidy and I said yes mommy Mrs. Cassidy they said but I love mm-hmm. you both so much and I want them to be open about expressing their feelings and yes, and not so bottle it in and if they need to let it out let it out you know, um, because it is healing when you, every time you cry and every time you talk about it and just, just being able to work through it as a, as a family. Cause I know it hasn't even been a year, but you know, the older they get, the more they're going to, they're, they process, you know? And mm-hmm. so, um, you know, these past, like we were saying 45 weeks, um, it's definitely been a roller coaster, but the one solid thing in my life is definitely God and then my family. And Obviously, isogenics is a huge pillar in my life. Um, and then are you, we we talked about a little bit, and I, I want to just ask you this, and then we see how we can wrap this up, because I could keep on talking. <laughs> um, and you just, your heart and your soul, I can just like feel it. And I, I, I 
tend to be someone that tries to keep, because I have these conversations mm-hmm. often, I try to be uh, mindful of how I control my emotions on this side of the microphone. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, but it's been hard to, uh, it's been hard for me this time. Um, I wanted to ask, because you were talking about just how also everybody processes grief differently Correct. and the dynamics of you, uh, you guys as a couple understanding that mm-hmm. you and Christian understanding that you will all both grieve differently and mm-hmm. that your grief will look different. Can you talk a little bit about that? Because this may it'd be important for other yeah couples out there. So I feel like there, there really isn't any, um, grief has many different forms. I feel like you can't, you cannot box it. And I feel like society really needs to know that. Like you cannot box grief. There's no Pacific time. There's no deadline when you need to get over something like, no, it's Mm -hmm. the rest of your life that a piece of you will always be missing. Um, you know, um, whether it's a mom, a sister, a grandpa, somebody molded you or, or or made an impact on your heart in some way that that piece is gone. And so, you know, um, me and my husband grieve completely different, you know, some days he's quiet and I could just sense it. Um, and I just love him where he's at and I don't push him. And then some days it's me that's like that. And, and, and he's the same way. He just kind of reads, we kind of read each other, you know? Um, and then sometimes I'm crying and I'm very emotional, but he doesn't make me feel you know, like awkward or bad about it, or like, you shouldn't grieve like that. And then sometimes he's angry, you know, and I, Mm -hmm. and grief can be angry. Sometimes he's very angry that, 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 that this has happened and that he trusted somebody with, you know, the most valuable possessions that you cannot Mm -hmm. replace children, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, and so that's where it's just, you have to be mindful and you have to be respectful of, of another person grieving, you know, because I even have family members that grieve completely different. Do I agree with it? No, but mm-hmm. it's their way of grieving, you know? Mm-hmm. And so it's different. Yeah, honoring for, people's for, grief. Yeah. Exactly. It's different uh, for yeah. everyone. You know, like my husband's more private about Cassidy and me, I like telling her story. I'm very verbal about it. I feel like me telling it is healing for me, but also mm-hmm. not, it's like, not forgetting, not that I'm saying I'll forget her, but it's honoring her memory every day in my life. Um, Mm -hmm. because she was, she was, since she was born, she was a part of my everyday life and Mm -hmm. I will always continue to honor her in my everyday life. And Mm. it's interesting because I went out to dinner last night and someone asked me how many kids I had. And I said, you know, I have three and one of my girlfriends choked, choked up a little bit, you know, mm-hmm. and we left and she was like, you know, I, I love that you still say you have three ch- children. And I said, I will always have three you children the do. rest yeah. of my life, you know? Absolutely. And, you know, that's I've, why I introduced the mom of three. Yeah, that is, exactly. That is, well, but that you know what? what you, Some mothers you know what? that have lost babies, they, they don't do that, you know, and that's okay because that's their way of healing. But for me, that's their it's way. Like, and it's, I will, you have to honor, yeah. I will always honor her, you know. I think it's also the fact of I had an interview which I just released just shortly, not long ago, of somebody who whose um, child died right after giving birth, mm-hmm. and so when she meets somebody and they ask that, she says she plays that two second game of like trying to figure out mm-hmm. do I tell them the whole story yeah. or not, yeah, and it's it's something that is like 
you know, like she has to kind of make that decision in that moment when she's meeting oh, yeah. somebody. Is this somebody I'm going to have? In, if it's somebody I'm going to have in my life, then let me go into it a mm-hmm. little bit more. And if exactly. it's not, then, you know, yeah. So exactly. And, you, and that's yeah, kind of how I am too. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly how I am. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it's funny. Cause uh-huh. a lot of people on my team, uh, I said, you have teams. They did not know they're newer, you know, um, and uh-huh. I met them through social media and stuff. They did not know I lost my child. And so they really started learning about me and, mm-hmm. you know, then respectfully they said, Oh my gosh, Gloria, like I had no idea. Like, and I'll fill them in a little bit and elaborate on it. But um, for the most part, it's like, unless you really know me, then you really will know my story. Mm-hmm. Um, but, um, you know, Kathy Cooper has a saying, you know, you see the glory, but you don't know the story. So the story, I just love yeah. that. Mm-hmm. I love that saying. And it's perfect for you um, because you, you're like, literally, <laughs> literally, you see glory, yeah. but you don't know her story. <laughs> that, exactly, that should be the yeah. title of this episode. You see glory, but you don't. Oh, so, that's um, really good. <laughs> that would glory, be funny. <laughs> the, the, <laughs> that would be funny, right? I could put that. Glory, what I was going to say too, is that one of the things that I noticed and the, just how you said that people around you that are newer in your life don't know mm-hmm. uh your story like you said yeah it just shows that really the way you guys carry yourself with just uh, still you could still see that fire and that uh zest for life that you have and that is that that twinkle in the eye has not disappeared even in the pain that you're going through yes. and that is just so admirable and um is that am i saying it right i always say i make make up words here admirable oh, no, you're right. you see i am it is okay does does it you see i have to I'm like is that a spanglish that i just make one well, the, the longer you know me the more you'll be like oh my gosh glory made up another word all my friends oh you do time. too glory oh you make own, up words okay she has her own dictionary <laughs> oh perfect well glory i've got my own too so we can create an encyclopedia with uh glory's dictionary kendra's dictionary yeah i make up words it's like you know like spanglish so, so it's it's english oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's me. So, um, so yeah, so the, that, that zest for life you have not lost and you can see that. And if anybody listening to the story, the first, the, this interview, the first, at least 30 minutes we're talking and you could hear your energy and your passion for life. And, uh, and you would have not known that we were going to go on down this route of talking about something so hard that happened in your life. And I am just so grateful that you shared your journey uh, and it will continue to go and, you know, this, this journey and it will, it will shift how, how it helps you grow. But the fact that you are now, uh, what you've learned, as you said, the sweet and sour mm-hmm. is the, uh, fact of living every day to the fullest, teaching your children that, and the fact that you don't fear death anymore and really not really minding or caring what people say, because you're going to live life the way you feel it's Mm -hmm. intended to be lived just it's such beautiful amount of gratitude to some extent for those growing experiences that have come from something so hard the best yeah um, the best advice I could give too and 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 how I live my life daily too is is find the things that bring you joy because in joy Mm -hmm. there's strength um in in laughter there's healing and so you know if it's like you know like comedy movies or things that you love to do, books, reading, um, music, if you play piano or instruments or things that just really bring joy to you, pull from those joyful sources. And that's that's really what I do every day too, is I 
I focus on the things that bring me joy. And so people, I'm such a people, I love people. Like I'm so passionate about people and I just love people where they're at. And that's truly, I believe is my calling is to just, is just to love people. And I feel like as humanity, as people, we are called to love, not to judge, not to be down, not to criticize, not to pick people apart, but we're just, we're just called to love people. Humans need humans. And, and, you know, that's why COVID, a lot of people are having a hard time with it is because we're, we're designed to be around people and yes, have relationships yes. and community. And so, you know, especially during this time, like I challenge people to, to make relationships on social media and Facebook and, and, and they work. Listen, you're proof and, of it. Yeah, yeah they you're do. Proof of they it. Really you're, do. you're proof of it. That really all the, the <laughs> community you built and that was there by your side with, were people you did not know. Yeah. Had you yeah, not met but them the best part is so, when you yeah. meet these people in person, you already feel like you've known them your whole you know them. life. Yes. And that's <laughs> well, that's how I'm gonna feel when thing. I see you. When I yeah. see you in person and ever whenever we have our next in-person event, just be ready for a tight hug, Glory. Because oh, hopefully, <laughs> hopefully by then we'll be able to to have physical contact and contact, events, yeah. you know, large events again. Yes, yeah. So I, love I am so excited for this also new friendship and, and I appreciate you coming on and, and sharing this. So thank you once again, my dear. Yes, thank you so much for having me on and being able to share not only my story but especially Miss Cassidy Grace's story so thank you thank you Cassidy Grace for allowing us to share your story through your mommy thank you again so much for choosing to listen today I hope that you can take away a few nuggets from today's episode that can bring you comfort in your times of grief If so, it would mean so much to me if you would rate and comment on this episode. And if you feel inspired in some way to share it with someone who may need to hear this, please do so. Also, if you or someone you know has a story of grief and gratitude that should be shared so that others can be inspired as well, please reach out to me. And thanks once again for tuning in to Grief, Gratitude, and the Gray in Between podcast. Have a beautiful day.